the Shir Tanya for the 15th day of Adarishin in a leap year, Tezvav Adarishin for a Shonom Uberis. The Altarebbe continues, Oyosim Aliboi. So that's one thing that the person can think about to help him to become Talev Nishbar by realizing that some of his thoughts during his existence have been not towards Hashem. But further he can put to his heart, even if it's not the directly one's actions, speech and thought, it's sometimes it's very hard to determine or to know exactly where you're standing and what your speech and thoughts and actions were, whether they were holy or not. But sometimes a person can find out by uh, seeing what kinds of dreams he dreams about. That uh, the if a person dreams and has during his sleep times revelations of holy matters that come to him, that appear to him, are revealed to him, then it means... Uh, that he is connected and that his soul is ventures above during a time of sleep and receives from the holy is above. But if he has dreams that are mostly, not even bad things, but we're talking about even just foolish things, so the person will take to heart the majority of most of his dreams and he realizes that they are vanity and they're bad spirit. This is based on the verse in the uh, Al earlier talked in in, in Perik Vav uh, is um, and because if he realizes that he knows that there is something wrong in his past. The reason why he has those dreams is because his soul does not go up above during a time of his sleep. Like we find, like the verse says in Tehillim, in the Pesukim Gimel Dalet, the Pesuk says, Who goes up to the mountain of Hashem? Meaning, who goes up during his sleep, goes up to the mountain of Hashem, that his soul connects to Hashem, it's only one who's Niki who is clean hands, meaning that his uh, soul, that his actions and his thought and speech in general, called Niki he is the one that gets these great elevated levels in the Har Hashem during his sleep time. You can see uh, Torah, uh, things are hidden to him. But the person over here, he knows that his majority of his dreams are Reis Ruach, Hevel Reis Ruach, they are vanity. So therefore, the Inun Sitrim Brishin Asyunim is So those sides, those sides that come from the evil, they come and they cleave to him. And they go and they tell the person just Worldly matters, not Torah matters, but they tell the person on just general matters. And sometimes it's even more than that. The Chaychen Bey, Vachaziu, Uli Zimnin, the Chaychen Bey, Vachaziu, Lemili Shekem. Sometimes, actually, from those Tzad of the Sitra, of the Echolos, of the Tuma, not only do they show in worldly matters, but sometimes they just they make fun of. 
him and they show him things that are false, just things as in a dream, come visions of things that are not reality. And that's a way of the sitra, of the klipa achas, making fun of him. And sometimes they cause the person pain in his dream. And sometimes it goes even a worse than that. But here we're talking about even a person who doesn't have serious baggage of his past, he doesn't have serious offenses, but yet the person can see that he's not yet fully there. And this will uh, help the person to uh, be able to reach that level. And uh, he says that you have to look into the uh, Zoyar. Um, Zoyar says in the Yikra, on the page 25, side 1 and side B, so look over there at great length. So here we see that from one's dream, one can learn his real state. And that will bring the person to Alev Nishbar so that he should be able to get rid of his Timtum Alev and to be able to open up and daven and allow this light of the soul to shine in his body. And here in this Perik, we're in middle of discussing about how one can help and rid himself of the Timtum Alev, the stuffness of the heart, which basically comes because of the arrogance of the Nefesh Abahamis and the Klippas who disturb the person and don't allow for the expansion of the godly light of the Neshama, the Nefesh Elikis, in the body of the human being. And we were learning from the Zoyar that a piece of wood which is too thick and you can't get a fire to hold in it so the way to get it to light is by breaking it up into smaller pieces and then you can put the fire uh, to work and then it'll catch on fire in a similar way the Alter Rebbe was explaining that when you can't get your soul on fire because of all of the uh, thickness and the grossness of the Nefesh Abahamis, so the way to do it is to break up the Nefesh Abahamis. How do you break up the Nefesh Abahamis? The Alter Rebbe gave meditations and certain uh, ideas before in which one can uh, feel uh, and realize uh, what it uh, has done to him and how his life in the past was, which will bring him to a level of uh, a broken heart which would sort of break up that nefesh habhamis. So the Alter Rebbe continues now, and behold, as long that he will prolong in these subject matters as discussed before about his past, about his history, about his sins, or even uh, if he doesn't have regular sins in a uh, very uh, bad level, but yet uh, things that are not totally for Kedusha are automatically uh, on the bad side, are on the Sitra Akhra. So the more you think about these matters, 
in your thoughts. The gam, you know, we contemplate them. The gam, and also when one looks into, into the svarim, into the holy books that deal with these subject matters which will cause the person so that his heart will be broken within himself. Breaking one's heart, as the Alter Rebbe will explain, is breaking up the klipa, is, is similar to the metaphor of breaking up the piece of wood. What it causes for his heart to be broken. And in his own eyes he should be ashamed and he should be disgusted. This is a kakosuv, as we find the verse uh, stating this. This posik is from and it becomes he's so much uh, degraded in his eyes in total total mius he's totally disgusted and he's disgusted actually with his life itself when he thinks about his spiritual standing he's just becomes disgusted with his own life so when a person becomes and feels that way, that means that he's breaking the nefesh abahamis. these thoughts, this broken heart and feeling, disgusting about your level, that he discusses and he degrades the other side. He degrades her, the Sitra Akhra, to the ground, to the dust. And he brings her down from her greatness, and her arrogance of spirits, and her haughtiness. He brings her down, the Sitra Akhra, from her level that she rises there, Shemagbiyas Atzmo, she rises herself, Al Oir Kedushas Nefesh Alekis, on the light of the sanctity of the godly soul, it rises itself, it doesn't allow for the godly soul to expand, the holiness of the light of the godly soul to expand, it darkens its light, it stands in its ways, it raises itself, it interferes, it interrupts, it doesn't allow. But these thoughts, they cause the person, they cause the person, and the person in this sense is closely related to his Nefesh Abahamis because that is associated with the person himself because the person's uh, main uh, sustenance and daily involvement is the Nefesh Abahamis. That is the person by the Benuni, that is the person. So those senses of feeling is knocking whom? The Nefesh Abahamis, the side of the Klippa. So these are logical ways and these are contemplation, these are meditations to cause one to break up his nefesh habahamis, that is from the klipa. But in addition to that, 
there is also another form of just sort of getting angry, so to speak, and yelling, thundering <coughs> against your nefesh habahamis, against your yetzer hara, against sort of with a thundering anger. Why are you disturbing? Why are you not allowing? Not so much a logical contemplation which breaks the person and makes him feel uh, very disgusted with himself, breaking him that way, but rather in a fury, in an anger, in a thundering against the Yetzirah, as the the Alter Rebbe continues. He should also thunder against her, against the Sitra Achra, with a noisy voice, and an anger, to the greater. We find this concept of getting angry on the Yetzirah, we find this in the Gemara, in Brachas, is Kemaimer Azal, our sages of blessed memory, said, a person should always get his Yetzer Toiv angry, furious on the Yetzer Hora, on the evil inclination. Because the verse in Tehillim, Perik Dalit Posikhei, states, Rigzu Vigoymer. So the word Rigzu means anger. And then the Pasik continues there, Baal then you won't sin. Yeah, just want to correct that the Pasik of Nivzebein of Nimas that the Altarebbe brought down from Tehillim before is in Perik Tezvav, Pasik Dalet. So what is this getting angry at the Yetzirah and me? The Hainu, that means Lirgez al Nefesh Abahamis to be angry on the animal soul the animal soul, that's his evil inclination. The animal soul is what inclines him to do bad. So how does he get angry? With a voice, a loud noise and with anger. Now, we're not talking about verbal, uh, starting to scream. That's not the way to attack the Nefesh Abahamis. But it's Raj V'Regis B'Machshavtoi. In your thought, you know, it's an anger, it's, a, it's an approach, it's a feeling of anger, to say to the Yetzir Horeb, saying in your mind, speaking to him, so to speak, you are bad, and evil, you're disgusting, and you're abominable, these are names, are all names describing how disgusting, how bad the Yetzirah is. Like all the names that the Yetzirah was called by our sages, the Emes. That means that these names that the Chachamim, that the sages call him, and it's basically in the Gemara and Kedushin of Lamed Omed Aleph, uh, those are real names. They are not just names. Uh, the description is 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 uh, real. And as the Rebbe explains over here, that the Yetzer Hora, the Nefesh Abba'am is in the manifestation, 
is actually truthfully, is Ba'emerson, he's truthfully disgusting in Russia, as opposed to the root of that Yates Nefshab Hamis, which, as we learned earlier, the marshal of the Zoyin of the Zaira Kodesh, which wants it. That notwithstanding that the king hires to test his son, the Zoyin itself doesn't want the son of the king to fail, but wants it to overcome. That's the root of the Nefesh Abahamis and the Yetzirah. But the Yetzirah, the manifestation of the Yetzirah in the person's life, is Takya Rosham Meshuk right now with what they wanted to do. And the Rebbe also suggests that the words Kichol Hashem are actually sort of in a parenthesis. So it's read that Atta Rav Rosham Meshukatsum in a parenthesis, as the names that he was called by the uh, sages. But nevertheless, what is he saying to the uh, him? After calling him all the names, and after telling him who he really is, he says to him, and what does he say? What's his message? Admosai tastir How long will you continue to block in front of the light of the blessed Aesop, who is really fills all the world. You're blocking it, you're not allowing for it to be visualized, to, to see, to sense it, to recognize it. How long will you block? Now in the Tanya, the words lifnei uh, don't have vowels, so one conceivably can also read it admosai tastir Lefonai, that means how long will you block from before me the light of the Ein Sof Baruch Hu that fills the words. The way we are reading it is that the blocking is not for me, but the blocking is he's blocking the Ein Sof. It's one kavana, one meaning, but to read it with Lifnei or Lefonai. But they bring down from the Friedrich Rebbe's Maimer that he pronounces it uh, in the way of Lifnei. How long will you block in front of the Ein Sof Baruch He was, he will be, not was, he is, and will be equally. He is here and will equally. And that means, Hashem is here, basically. He's here now, and he'll be here in the future. You're blocking this real truth that Hashem is here and will be here also in this place that I'm on it. Just as the blessed light of the Ein Sof, of the Ein Sof, the blessed light, the blessed Ein Sof was by himself. So before the world was created, before the world was created, the blessed Esau was here. At that point, there was no question that it was only him, because there was nothing else but him at that time. There was nothing else created. Just like at that time, the blessed Esau was by himself, so he's now too here, there's no change. So that really means that Hashem is here without any change, that all of the creation, he's also here all by himself as he was before. Nothing really happened with creation that changed it 
in God's perspective, he's here the whole time, and he was here, he's still here. Kamesha Kosuf, as the verse states, in uh, Malachi, Pede Gimel Posig Vov, the verse states that, Ani Havaya Loishanisi, that I Hashem did not change. That doesn't mean only that Hashem didn't change, that something didn't happen to him, that he changed. But it means he didn't change in relation to the world, that nothing changed, that the world is still really in essence non-existence uh, from Hashem, and nothing changed with the creation of the world. Kihu, for him, meaning Hashem, is He is beyond time. So creations and things that take place in time don't affect him, have nothing to do with somebody who is in a different dimension, which is not under the guise, under the rules of time. So basically what he's telling the Yitzhahorem, Hashem is here in my presence, where I am. He was always here, he will be here. He was here before, he'll be here. And, and Hashem is right now here. And how, Va'ata and you, the Yitzhahara, Menuvel V'chulu, uses again the name of Menuvel, abominable, Makhish Ha'emes, you contradict the truth, Hanir Elayinayim, that is visible to the eyes. You are denying something which is visible to the eyes. The cooler kamei lo mamesh be'emes that everything before Hashem is as if no existence. So there actually nothing is really there. Nothing changed because really everything is law. Everything is no. Hashem was levade. Hashem is still levade because nothing is here. But this is something which is obvious to the eye. That is something that you can actually see um, that means when we're talking about being able to vividly see this uh, means that he's so convinced just like when something that you see with your eyes uh, you are so convinced that it is that as the Rebbe will even emphasize further that this is a such a strong conviction he says to the Yetzirah that it's so obvious that it's so not only like somebody that you hear something but it's actually uh, a, 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 like a seeing which means that you're absolutely certain into this so once a person has that attack goes on the attack on the nefesh Habahamis and the Yitzhahara who's trying to disrupt him in addition to the sense of loneliness that he feels because of his past and he breaks the Yitzhahara he's disgusted with his life through this one will reach the level of humility and a broken heart and reaching the level of humility and a broken heart by yelling at the Yetzir Hore, that will cause the breaking of the Sitra Akhra. And that, 
that yelling will in turn actually help him to actually visualize it. This will actually help his soul. Not only that is he yelling, now I can see godliness, I can see Sayyid in words, but it's not yet fully there. Because had it been fully there, how would he, uh, why would he need this whole contemplation? The whole problem is that he has Timtumalev because he doesn't feel he's stuffed, he's blocked. That yelling that we said is just his uh, 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 a way of an expression of of uh, charging and, and, and thundering against the Yitzhahara while he's trying to block that truth that there is. And that will actually help him to actually give him truthfully that he actually have the vision of Yichud Ein Sof to see the unity of the infinite. In other words, he will see that nothing separated from the Ein Sof. That this world, there is nothing separated. Everything is one with Hashem. Nothing is really independent. There is nothing away from Hashem. And there is nothing uh, distant from Hashem. Everything is under Hashem. Hashem is still here. Hashem is unity because in the world, everything is kilah. There is nothing here. It is like before creation. And he will see that Chushis. He will see this in a vivid, in an actual seeing. Not just to hear and understand alone. He will actually sense it. As explained elsewhere, that this is the root, this type of sense and uh, seeing the vividly that through breaking the Sitra Akhra and being able to uh, see it with your eyes, this is the root that the person's avoida of all the service that follows, that stems, that comes from that kind of a conviction. It's um, explained elsewhere that this is what helps the person to go on and to continue doing all the other avoidas. So the Alta Rebbe explained before that when a person meditates and he comes to the realization of his state and his level and especially about his past this will bring him to have a broken heart and also he explained that when a person starts the offensive against the Yetzir Hora and he becomes angry at the Yetzir Hora and he thunders against him to trying to knock him down these both of these approaches they bring the person to a broken heart and once the person has this broken heart, this is going to help him to overcome the timtum halev, the stuffness of the heart, and it's going to help him to be able to visualize godliness in a very clear and in a very visible, like a vision, not just to hear as the Alter Rebbe said, but also to actually see godliness. 
So what's the reason for this? And then Al-Tareb is going to explain in today's shir that the truth of the matter is that this whole timtum halev and this whole obstacles and what blocks and interferes with a person to do the mitzvahs is just a matter of the sitra akhra, the other side, that they have permission from Hashem to test the Jew so that he can overcome the test. But in essence, they don't have any substance. They don't have anything, a real existence. They're not real. They are really no of no substance. And that's the equation of the Sitra Akhra to darkness. Darkness is not an, ex- uh, an existence. Rather, it's the lack of light. And when you bring in light, the darkness goes away automatically. So the Sitra Akhra doesn't really have a true existence. It's nothing there, really. The only thing is, Hashem gives it a right to test the person. So when the person removes the Sitra Akhra, then the true self of the person, the true existence of the person comes out into the open. And then he can visualize a lakus, a godliness, because this is who he really is. So if a person... Uh, gets uh, discouragement or doubts fall into his head, even doubts in Amuna, in belief in Hashem, he has to realize that they are not real. That's not he himself. That comes from the Sitra Akhra that has permission to interfere, but not as a true existence, something really interfering but it's only an imaginary, it's something which Hashem gives them the right to, ov- to stand up and to try to block. Because, in essence, also the Sitra Akhra derives its energy and its life force from Hashem, from Godliness, as everything does. It's only that they have the right to test the person and therefore the person perceives them as if they are a uh, real obstacle. So we'll learn inside. So Al-Tarebbe says the reason why the breaking of the Nefesh Habam is Yetzir Hore, the Lev Nishbar, the broken heart that he has, that breaks the Nefesh Habam is in the Yetzir Hore, has the ability to remove the stuffness of the heart and to bring him to seeing godliness is Lefisha Emes, because the truth is that there is really no substance in the that's why when we talk about the we say we, it's, it's been equated to darkness what is darkness? there is no substance to darkness darkness is the lack of light. So it's automatically pushed off because of light. When you bring light into a place, then the darkness goes away. 
because the dark is a lack of light, and once there is light, there is no darkness. And that's why there is not necessary to fight against darkness. You just got to light and bring in the light, and then the darkness disappears. Likewise, the other side. Even though that the Sitra Akhra has a lot of energy, it has a lot of vitality. Because from the Sitra Akhra, as the Alter Rebbe has stated earlier, that it has so much chayis, that it gives life to kol atmeim, to all the unclean, unkosher animals, and to the souls of the nations of the world. And also, the animal saw amongst Israel, as mentioned earlier, also derives its vitality, its, its livelihood from the Sitra Akhra. So it has lots and lots of chayis. Uh, but that chayis that it has is not her own. Nevertheless, it's not her own. It's not an independent, that the Sitra has is independent chayis. But it comes from the side of holiness. So what comes, the life force that comes to the Sitra Akhra, comes from the side of Kedusha. As mentioned earlier before in Perik Vav, and the Perik Chav base. That everything that receives from the Sitra Akhra is but essentially the Sitra Akhra itself receives from Kedusha because everything receives from the Kedusha. So the fact that it has a lot of energy is not its own Metzius, it's not a Metzius of Sitra Akhra, but rather it's a vitality that comes from inside the Kedusha. And therefore, the truth of the matter is, it is totally nullified because from from before from before a holiness. Just as darkness is totally non-existent, nullified because in front of the physical light, because it's a non entity in the presence of the light that comes in and it dissipates it disappears the darkness there is no real substance of the sitra akhra it dissipates in front of the kedusha so how is it then that the person is challenged by the sitra akhra how is it that the sitra akhra blocks and obscures the light of the nefesh alikis and it causes the person all these problems and these challenges, if it's not existence, and the Yid has the Nefesh HaLikiz, the Nefesh of Kedusha, how could the Nefesh HaBamis be and block the light when it comes from the light? It also and it should dissipate, it should disappear in front of the light of the Nefesh HaLikiz. But it's only, relative, and towards the holiness of the godly soul that's in the human being, the Yid that has the Nefesh Alekis, Hashem gave her the Nefesh uh, Abahamis, gave her permission and gave her the 
ability that it should raise itself and to oppose against the nefesh alikis. And what is the purpose for that? Why does she have that permission? Not to really disrupt, to cause the person not to do, but the person to overcome. So that the person should awaken, arouse himself to overpower the sitra achra on the other side. To put her down. To put down the nefesh shabahamis. Through his own humbleness of spirit, his own uh, self uh, humility, and being in his own eyes abominable, meaning when he degrades and looks upon himself, himself meaning this, the Yetzir Hara, himself, not self, his essence, his nefesh kiss. it means the looking at the lowness of the nefesh habahamis as it uh, challenges the nefesh kiss and it captures the person to uh, go along with the nefesh habahamis. So the reason Hashem allows for the sitra achra to uh, pr- give this challenge to the nefesh kiss is for the nefesh kiss to lower it, to put it down to the ground through putting down using his intellect and the ideas that he said before or thundering against the nefesh habahamis in order to put her down. So the reason for it having the power to obstruct and to uh, block is to remove that blockage. Now, through the arousal of below, that if the person himself uh, removes, uh, works hard to remove, to degrade, and to knock down, to put down the Sitra Akhra, that also arouses from above. So that not only does the person himself knock down the Nefshabamis, but it still has permission. Hashem gave it permission to obstruct. So the person knocks down, puts it down to the best of his ability through his arousal from below what he can do. But then Hashem helps him to continue and to complete the job, to totally knock it down. To fulfill the verse that it states in Evadia, Perik Aleph, Posik Dalit, Hashem says He will degrade you, the Sitra Akhra who tries to raise itself and to obscure, obstruct, Godliness Hashem will um, bring her down. What does it mean he takes her down? He doesn't allow for anymore to become an obstacle. doesn't allow anymore to, to, to block. He takes her, removes her from her dominance and from her abilities. He removes from her the power and the permission that he had given her originally that it originally had the permission to raise itself to oppose the light of the holiness of the godly soul. So what happens? So that takes away everything that is blocking. But once you remove that, nothing else is needed. Because once you remove that the true sense of the person, the Kedusha, the light, 
shines, and then there's no need. Everything disappears by itself. Once we take away the right from the nefesh, Habaham is to block, the nefesh al-kiss shines. And then, when the power is taken away from the sitra achra, it automatically becomes nullified, and it's pushed away. As the uh, darkness is automatically disappears when you bring in the light. So when you bring in after you break this nefesh habahamis and you bring in the light of the nefesh alikis, the nefesh habahamis has no place over there because now it doesn't have any uh, any 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 rights anymore. The only reason that it can obscure, it can block initially and cause the person challenges is because Hashem gave her the right to do so. But when a person overcomes these challenges, and now he breaks her and lowers her, so now it doesn't have any more permission, then just by definition, the godly soul is light, and that automatically removes, it disappears, all the darkness. The Rebbe brings an example, we find these things explicitly in the Torah, with regards to the spies. That from the start, the spies said, uh, when they uh, came back with the report, they said, that because we can't do what they said, because he is stronger, the people that live in their Israel, the nations that we're supposed to go and conquer, are stronger, not only Mimenu in the context, Mimenu from us, but Al-Tikri Mimenu, but as the, the sages tell us, that we should not just say Mimenu from us, but it actually means, the Gemara in Soytulah, Mimenu means from him, meaning from Hashem, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So basically, what was their argument? Their argument is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chaz V'Sholem, doesn't have the power to fight against the 31 nations. Okay, so what does that mean? They did not believe in Hashem's abilities. But then later on we see something changed. But later on, after Moshe Rabbeinu rebukes them, as the Rebbe Al-Tareb will explain in a minute, they came back and they said, We are ready, we're going up, we're going etc. As the Pesach says, further in Bamidbar Yidalet, Pesach Mem. Now they're ready to go to Yisrael. So the question really is, what happened? If they really didn't believe that the Eibishter has the power, so just because they were yelled at, how did all of a sudden they change and believe that Hashem has the power? They weren't bad. They weren't saying, they were saying they don't think that Hashem can do it. So how did all of a sudden change? How did it all of a sudden return to them and it came to them the belief that Hashem does have? How, does, how did they get back that belief that uh, Hashem could conquer when they said that they don't believe so? Now, maybe Moshe convinced them that Hashem's ability, if he showed them, Moshe Rabbeinu, peace unto him, did not show them, in the meantime, he did not show them any sign, 
any uh, miracles, nothing happened to prove to them that Hashem has the strength to overcome and beat and chase out the 31 nations of Eretz Yisrael. Apparently, that notwithstanding the experience that the Jews had of Exodus of Egypt and Mitzrayim and the Midbar and the Man and the water and everything and the clouds and everything that took place, they said Hashem doesn't have the ability. So that means that they still thought that even though Hashem was able to do all these things, He cannot bring them into Eretz And then all of a sudden they say He could bring us and they said we're ready to go. But how did they all of a sudden change and all of a sudden think that they could make it? Raksha Omar Lahem because, but what did Moshe Rabbeinu say to the spies? He only told them, as says the Pesach Lehem, that Hashem got very angry at them, not to bring them to the land. So, so what? So God can be angry, but if they don't believe that He can do it, what has God angry got to do with them all of a sudden saying we're going, but He can't do it? How did this happen? If God forbid they did not believe in God's ability to conquer the 31 Malachim as articulated in Yeshua, the 31 kings over there that were in charge of Israel. And because of that they didn't want to go into the land because they didn't think they could do it. But it must be like this. It must be Elavadai, but for sure. Really, the Jewish people inherently are believers, the son of believers. In other words, they themselves always believe, and their parents, we come from Avravitzchov Yaakov, who believed in Akadish Baruch. And when their argument, when they said, wasn't really an expression of what they really believed in their hearts, what they wore really deep down. But the Rak, it was only that there was a cover, Shasitra Akhra, that the other side, the Nefesh Abahamis, Hamlobesh is Begufam, that was dressed in their body, Higbiya Atzma raised itself, Al Urkidushas Nafsham, Halikis, on the light of the holiness of their godly soul. The Gasus Rucha with arrogance of spirit, the Gav Husa, and his haughtiness raised itself. It was a nerve, a chutzpah, without any reason and logic. In other words, they actually knew that he could go. He just said that he can't do it. That was the not reasonable. That was the not logical. That didn't have the Tam Vadas. That was the nerve to say that Hashem can do it. That wasn't the truth. That wasn't really what they believed. The Nefesh Abahamis came and told them something which they really didn't believe in. They really believed that Hashem could do it. And the Nefesh Abahamis told them that He can do it. So what took place? As soon as Hashem got angry at them, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them that Hashem got angry at them. So Hashem's words were, Hashem thundered with a voice of great noise and anger. And Hashem said, as the Pesach says in Chavzayin, uh, in Chavtes, uh, what Hashem say to them? Hashem says, Ad how much longer to this bad community, etc. Then it says further, by Midbar Yiblu In this desert, your carcasses will fall, 
And then it says, Ani Hashem dibarti, I Hashem has spoken him, Lo zois esa l'cholo zois. If not this, I shall do to this whole bad group, the goyber, etc. This is the yarim, this is the yargis that we learned before of attacking and uh, challenging the nefesh uh, Bahamis for falsely coming up with ideas which are contrary to the real truth that one believes. And these are very, very harsh words. So once they hear these difficult, hard words, so their heart inside them was subdued and was broken. As the verse says, that later on that the people mourned, they were very sad after this occurrence in Pesach Lamates over there. And because of that, once they felt bad, they broke themselves, they became uh, subdued, and their nefesh abahamis and themselves that was broken, so automatically, the now that they break themselves, that is the sitra achra, which is within them falls from its dominance, and its uh, raising, and its haughtiness, and its arrogance of spirit. Now it's gone. What are we left with? We're left with the Jew themselves, the essence, the true essence, not the fake and the dressed up nefesh habahamis. The Yisrael Atzmam and the Yidin themselves, hey mamini, they do believe. They believed that Hashem had the ability. It was only that the Nefesh uh, Abahamis and the Yetzir Hora, they convinced them and they were arguing false arguments that they can't do it. But as soon as we took that away, they said, because they, in essence, believed all along. Their Nefesh Alekis, in essence, deep down, they knew all along. It was only the outer layer that was challenged and what they needed to remove. And once that was removed, through the Yarim, through Hashem's uh, saying and the anger and all these harsh words, then all of a sudden the light of the soul shines. Now they're back to what they really believe, that Hashem does have the ability. So from this that we see, now that we see what took place over there with the Maraglim, and as explained over here, that really in essence, every Jew inside is uh deep down, committed, and the light of the Nefesh is there, which is the real essence. And then there's only times that there are things thrown at the person from the Nefesh Abhamis which are not, not real. So, Every person can learn. That in his thoughts, sometimes there fall in doubts in the belief of Hashem. <clears throat> this is just words of the other side, the non-substance that is trying to interfere, trying to obscure, trying to block him. Which is raising itself over his godly soul. But the Jew himself, as his soul, they believe. They're sons of believers, they really believe. And they don't have any doubts in the Munah. And furthermore, the doubts is not even the sitra itself also doesn't have a doubt. Also the sitra itself, 
which is the root of the nefesh abaham, is the, the particular persuading the person. The sitra achra as a whole also also doesn't have any doubts and also knows the, the truth. And they don't deny the truth. But rather, the sitra achra has permission to disrupt the first person, to confuse the person with words of falsehood and deceit in order to increase the reward so that the person shall not fall for it so that the Ebrishta gives him the challenge so he should overcome and in that way increase the reward for his connection and the commitment to Hashem and the example of this is as the prostitute is trying to persuade, convince the son of the king through falsehood and deceit she's telling the king the king's son all the different things to get her to, to get him to commit a sin uh, but it's done with the permission of the king the king hired the zoyna so that she should do this to the son to see and show that the son can overcome his wisdom that he won't fall for her so what does it mean? What does the Zayna want herself? She doesn't want to, him to fail. She wants the son of the king to overcome her, not to fall for her persuasions, for her temptations. And to show that he's a man, that he can overcome it. So that means that the Sitra Akhra itself also is given permission to mevavel the person, to persons can overcome, to increase his reward. But the Sitra Akhra itself doesn't want to, for the person to fail. As it's written in the Holy Zohar, this uh, example, the example from the, from the, from the uh, Zohar. Now, this is all with regards to the Sitra Akhra as a whole in its source. The Nefesh Abahamis is just an agent of the Sidra Akhra, so to speak, which only wants the person to do bad. That's, a, that's why we have to break it and kill it, and, and it doesn't recognize it. It's an agent only from the uh, Sidra Akhra. It's as if the Zoyna hired another Zoyna to go ahead and do the work for her, and eventually the last person may not know what the intention of here. Sometimes the agent themselves don't know where and what the purpose of it is. So they may think that they're actually, their job is actually to persuade and don't realize that it's to overcome. But the whole concept of the Sitra Akhra is such that Hashem wants it to tempt the person, but the person should really overcome, and therefore there is nothing to really become uh, uh, deterred or totally... Uh, lost when you get sveikas namuna, you say, hey, you know, how could that be? Because those are sitra akhra you have to know. And you yourself have no problems, and you, in essence, every year there's a maimin, the son of a maimin. Maminim b'nei maminim.